Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Mastermind.fm. Uh, this is an episode that we're recording right after NFT NYC. And with me I have Evan Medeiros, who I met at the conference. Funnily enough, I know his brother from the WordPress times, Matt Medeiros. I, maybe some of the listeners will be uh, familiar with WordPress and my previous work in, the, in that space. And no, Matt, of course, he's a very famous podcaster in the space. So I met Evan and I said, why don't we do a podcast about <laughs> NFTs this time? And, and here we are. We're going to be discussing uh, NFT NYC and our takeaways from that conference. So Evan, thank you for joining me. And uh, let's have a short intro from your end. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. It was uh, awesome that we could connect and found that connection in my brother, which is such a small world in such a big city. But um, my background, so going back uh, education-wise, I graduated with a computer science degree, worked as a software developer for about five or six years before I transitioned into finance. I was fascinated with the stock market basically my senior year in college. And throughout my career as a software developer, I was trading, I was tinkering with uh, building indicators and technical analysis and just trying to figure out how stocks move, how the market works. And so my sort of love of finance uh, transitioned me into basically a full position as a full-time trader. And I also run a blog and do some services for traders. So that sort of progressed me into Bitcoin about 2013 or so. Uh, and I was fascinated with the volatility. I was attracted to Bitcoin because of the trading side of it, less so the technology. It took me a while to even read the white paper, probably a year or two later. And so traded crypto, got early into that and uh, flash forward to the more recent times. NFTs and NFTs were something I, I sort of dismissed initially um, for a few months anyway. And I just kept saying, you know, those those JPEGs are cute, but that's not something that uh, I'm going to touch. And, you know, shortly after, you know, after I started to actually look at the code and realized what was going on here, I said, you know, this is something to pay attention to. This is this is time to, uh, you know, uh, allocate or at least get my feet into the water that was basically September, 2021 or so. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I still trade markets full-time, equity markets, traditional markets, and spent more and more time on the NFT side. So NFT NYC said, you know what? I got to figure out who the heck is there. Who am I investing with? Like, you know, who have I been talking to on Discord? And so that's why I went out there uh, last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so curious, I'm curious, how did you actually get into NFTs? You said that you went in September 2021, which is, I think, the same month that I went in. Uh, so who told you about them? Like, how did you get to know them? And what was like the first project that maybe you looked at and dismissed? For me, it was the Bored Apes. So... <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I started, let's see, I started to read about them and loosely see NFTs, I would say early in the year, probably um, March, April, May is when I started to like see it come across the screen. And because I pretty much live in traditional financial markets, 
all I could think of at the time, and maybe this is this is the the bias that locked me away from NFTs for a little while, but back in the first quarter of 2021, we had this meme stock craze in the in the stock market. And I don't know if anyone followed the GameStop saga or the mm-hmm. AMC saga, where we basically had, you know, the Wall Street bets crowd coming out full force buying up all those call options and really sort of wreaking havoc on the on the traditional uh, markets with these targeted sort of squeezes. And when I saw NFTs kind of at that same time, it was it was in that general zone. I, I just thought of it as the same. And I, and I thought of it like, oh, OK, this too shall pass like, th- you know, they will learn their lesson. Here we go uh, with something else more speculative. And so that was my unfortunate biased uh, mental model at that point. And it wasn't until, um, so I, I, remember, I remember Gary V making a lot of noise about his drop on V Friends. Mm-hmm. I remember the board apes, you know, really starting to run up. And it wasn't until I actually like cracked open some solidity code and actually like looked at some contract code and like just realized like, okay, there's actually like a technological like unlock here that is sort of interesting. And it wasn't until I think September, maybe August, I think is when I actually pulled the trigger on my first project. The first project, I mean, it was totally like, I just need to try this. I need to just experience this. And it was a little project. It's it's not really around anymore. Sadly, it's one of those that the floor price is, you know, just hovering above zero. Mm-hmm. But um, Dogs Unchained is was the name of the project. And it was just something that I heard the develop. I heard one of the founders talk. He was a developer, kind of a like-minded technical person. I appreciated some of the work he was putting into the contract and what they were trying to do. So I said, you know what? Let's open up this meta. Let's get a MetaMask account. Let's deposit some ETH there. Let's buy one. And as soon as I bought one, I got to say, I mean, I've placed thousands, probably tens of thousands of trades in my life. And when I bought that little dog, my like everything in my brain, the chemistry in my brain just, you know, ignited. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this little like I love this dog. Look at his color. Like, look at this thing I own. And I immediately felt the attachment so much different than anything I've ever experienced in traditional markets. And that's when I was like, okay, something is here that I need to pay attention to. And, And that was pretty much what hooked me. Yeah, I love that. Um, So I think two points that I'd like to highlight here is that in the short term, our previous kind of jobs or trajectories tend to provide stumbling blocks in our understanding of of new things. Same thing happened to me. And perhaps the more degen, unexperienced crowd are find it easier to to go into such such things. But then on the long term, I think we do tend to outperform less experienced people because we bring in a lot of um maybe it's common sense based on our business um experience that we can apply to the projects and even if i look at my own trades within nfts like i can see lately now it's like the the more experienced self in me has taken over and i'm running it like a business and this can only happen because i have previous experience running businesses Mm-hmm. So that's one interesting thing. And the second thing which I identified a lot is that first action, right? For me, even 
like installing MetaMask, having to worry about another seed phrase. That was a big stumbling block. And I'm like, mm. do I have to do it? Like MetaMask in the browser? Not sure about this. Mm -hmm. But again, like when I, I my first project was Punkscapes. Uh, Jalil, the founder, has become a good friend of mine in the meantime. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, I spent a lot of time with him at NFT NYC. It was the first time we met. And that point when you own that first NFT changes everything, right? And it's a point that can be underestimated. But I always tell people, like, just buy one. Like, I'll send you one for free. See how you feel about it afterwards. Yep. You know, it's, it's irrelevant how much it costs or, or anything. It's just that kind of ownership. And I've never had, like, the card uh, trading or collecting thing yep. in me. But the funny thing is that when I look back now, I can identify the collector in me, like collecting stamps when I was very young. My mom kind of put me onto that. And then there was the Pogs craze. Maybe you remember it in schools. That was oh, about, sure. like winning, trading, collecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and there was also marbles, which we played in, in, Mar mm -hmm. in, in Malta, my country. So all these and the Panini stickers in Europe were hugely popular. Those were mm. for football and World mm -hmm. Cups and all that. Yeah. So you kind of realize that you always had it in you. But now as adults, maybe we struggled. Like, are we going to go back to doing something that we did as kids? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's an open question, I guess. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. Same thing with uh, even. Yeah. I mean, baseball cards, I, I had baseball cards, I had football mm -hmm. cards as a kid. And then I even Pokemon cards, I got into a little bit like at the end. And I think I still I think I still have some, uh, at least mm -hmm. my, my parents might uh, hold, holding them up in the attic somewhere. So yeah, 100%. I mean, that was back to your roots of just kind of connecting with it and just getting a more relation, like a, a closer kind of uh, uh, appreciation of it rather than just a stock, uh, mm -hmm. something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. You also mentioned uh, intentionally going to New York to meet the people you were interacting with on Discord, which was, I probably kind of um, underestimated the effect, although I did go to meet people. Like, that was a big game changer, you know, hanging out with all the people in Proof, meeting Kevin Rose, and I mean, even just other holders like, like yourself in the end. You spent more time, obviously, talking to other holders than the founders in most cases. But connecting with people and having this real life connection and seeing visually who these people are, how do they look, what, how do they behave, that was a huge game changer. And especially it confirmed uh, my view of projects and their holders, right? So for me, for example, proof, one thing is that struck me was that I could walk into any proof event and somehow feel at home with, with people and just walk, start talking. Oh, this is my crowd, you know, mm -hmm. which didn't happen in other um, projects that I have suspected beforehand that would be maybe a younger crowd interested in different things. So that was very interesting for me to confirm. I yeah, I had the same experience. I know we were yeah. in similar projects like Doodles and Proof. 100%. Yeah. I mean, my, I mean, so selfishly, like, I mean, if I, if I put my collector investor hat on, like my really big motivation was to meet and see who am I, who am I among? Like, who is, you know, who's in this project with me? 
Mm-hmm. What are they, like you said, what are they, what do they look like? How do they talk? What are their backgrounds? Like I needed to see something beyond just text chats going everywhere because the discords, you know, at times can just be, you know, people are goofing around, having fun. And it's like, okay, is this a, you know, is everybody, you know, 20 years old out of college or are we looking at more professionals? And I got to say, I mean, you know, the sample size is probably a little biased because I'm sure the people that go to New York are maybe, uh, maybe they're the bigger holders. I don't don't really know, but um, I was very pleasantly surprised with like nine out of 10 of the conversations I had and the people I met were, you know, interesting, were thoughtful, were considerate and were just a pleasant, you know, uh, uh, talk. And, and so for me, that was like a huge win now again. Yeah. Similar to you. Um, most of my time is probably with, with like the proof or not the proof, but Moonbird community, but mm-hmm. in that That's ecosystem, right. Um, and doodles as well. I spent most of my time basically kind of moving amongst those two projects. So, um, I was very surprised, uh, at just, yeah, uh, the, the people I was surrounded with, I had a good time and, um, and yeah, uh, had some fun, uh, at, at some of these parties that, uh, some of these, you know, uh, collections through were just, uh, really, uh, surprising. So yeah, good, good experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about like, were there any category of people that struck you? Like for me, for me, it was the presence of the Asian community and uh, in particular, and again, this might be just the people who I spoke to, but I, my sample size contained a lot of investors from Asia who were like maybe new to NFTs and Web3 but came specifically to see what it's all about. So that was really interesting for me, Uh, particularly Asian VCs and funds looking into what's happening here. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, for me, I mean, basically same thing. I I felt like I was the lone American there. Like I, you know, I I came, I took a train down from, I just moved from Seattle to the East Coast. I'm in Southern New Hampshire right now. And so my, you know, my trip was about a three and a half hour train and meeting people like yourself that are taking flights from, you know, other countries and just all over the place. I was really impressed with um, the commitment, frankly, right, to coming to this uh, to coming to this conference to just like you and I were doing, like who else is here and like mm-hmm. meeting the actual people. So yeah, I'm hundred percent with you. I thought there was like a good diversity of just global, uh, you know, population kind of showing up to this thing, which was to me an awesome, uh, awesome site. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like apart from the subset of the Asian investor community, it was very international. And I think that was a major contributor to its success. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the, the projects. Uh, we mentioned Proof, Moonbirds, Doodles. Let's get those out of the way. What's your take on uh, on the three of them? All right. So I'll give, uh, I'll start with Doodles, I guess. I'll start with Doodles. Doodles was sort of my, um, my first love as a project. It was kind of my first real bet, I would say, where I actually put uh, meaningful money behind in terms of a collection. Yeah. So, and, you know, full disclosure, I still own doodles and I'm I'm in the project. So, um, so my experience, so here's the thing is doodles to me already had a high bar. Like I had a high expectation of doodles because I saw what they did 
at South by Southwest. And I didn't attend South by Southwest, but I know everyone that did had an amazing time. The event, the con, like the, the actual, like, uh, uh, experience there was really just polished, refined. It was fun. It was interactive. So, so that was my expectation kind of coming in. And I, got to admit there were some stumbling blocks for NYC, in my opinion. Um, I thought the, so day one of, of doodles, there was like the launch event and the activation. And, and that was super exciting as being a holder because they announced doodles too. They announced a, a, a funding raise. They announced a album coming out for L Williams as chief brand. Like there were lots of good announcements coming out of it. Um, and then they threw a party and the party was fun too. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that was all good. I think um, the second and third day were slightly uh, off the mark and you did this much better than I did. Um, and I spent four hours of, of my conference time basically sitting in a line, uh, half getting rained on throughout the day outside of New York, uh, waiting to get into the Genesis factory. That was their second day event. And it was kind of unfortunate and it showed a slight, maybe lack of thoughtful thinking in terms of the planning of this, because what doodles attempted to do was create this awesome experience. They, they have these custom kiosks and they were trying to show, uh, you know, with some custom hardware and this activation process, like in, in a IRL sort of like web three purchase where you could like you know, essentially uh, uh, pick up or mint something, you know, in real life. And it was like this cool, you pulled levers and it was like very interactive. The problem was, you know, Doodles had several thousand holders there and these kiosk experiences lasted about three minutes and they only had three kiosks in a capacity of 75 of a room. So when you do the math here, <laughs> you quickly realize that like, you know, even if you're there full days, you know, the whole entire day, you're only going to get five, six, 700 people through that exhibit. And so it created this massive line and it was just a, it was just a, it just was a slightly, uh, uh, you know, unpleasant experience. And when I contrast that to what Kevin Rose and the proof team did and Justin, of course, and everyone else uh, on that team, I felt like, you know, I was the uh, the celebrity at the, you know, at, at the gala because uh, we were getting past hors d'oeuvres while we were waiting in line and we had, you know, uh, people talking to us and, and just engagement. They were checking us in in line and it was just a whole different experience where doodles, I feel like, felt fell a little flat on that. And then when you kind of got when you got into the room of the doodles activation, you basically have to wait in more lines uh, to like, you know, do your thing. So. Long way of saying, I think they missed the mark or miscalculated a little bit on that experience. Um, once you got inside, you know, the doodles palette was there, the paint, you know, all over the wall, like it was fun. It was cool. But like, you were sort of frustrated at that time because you were waiting for four hours and like, you know, just give me my thing. And then what they ultimately did for us on the second day was basically turn off the activation. So you essentially waited in line to hand someone a credit card to mint something. And, and that was kind of it. And so you think about it and you're like, okay, I could have done that online or on my hotel room and I could have networked or something, you know what I mean? So, so that was a little um, disappointing. 
you were much smarter though. So, so your take was, your experience was different than mine for the Genesis factory. What was yours like? All right. So I guess I, I, I will ask you about the first day because I totally missed that. Um, okay. I, I think I was stuck in some Moonbirds event. Um, so the second, I, th I think I went on the third day then and the line was yeah. maybe an hour long max. And okay. the nice thing was that there was the cool man's uh, event right next door, which was interesting positioning because cool man's was always about in many people's eyes, the next doodles. So having it positioned three, three doors away literally was, was interesting. And uh, so I, I went to that experience, got some noodles because <laughs> they were giving out noodles for free nice. and went back. And in the end, I, like I waited maybe 15 minutes in line. Um, so forget the lines though. When I went in, there was the problem with just the activation itself being mm. uh, paying and that's it. So I didn't even notice that there we could do something with the machines. So that was a bit of a letdown. The space was very small for our doodles. Like even yeah. Coolman's was bigger, like super small uh, size of the room. And then it was a bit disjointed, right? Because you entered, you bought the Genesis uh, box, which I mean, most people don't even know what that is. I don't really know yet because I haven't had the chance to dig into it. And then you could buy a t-shirt and then you go out basically, that's, that's it. There's nobody guiding you or anything. They did have a very cool robot, which I guess you couldn't really spend much time on because like you had to keep things going. That was really yeah. cool. I think they could have done much more with that. And that was it. For me, it was very underwhelming because I had set high expectations, right? Because of the South by South Southwest uh, conference, everybody was like, oh, doodles are going to be the biggest thing activation wise in New York. Yeah. So I kind of said I cannot really judge them because I missed that first uh, party event. But definitely the activation part was underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I had the same expectations going in. Um, you know, I will say the doodles did have, did you end up making it to the holders lounge that they had like the, the other room, the other event at I all? Didn't, no. Okay. So yeah, I did make it down there. So about, I don't know, 10 blocks away, they actually had on days two and three, they had, uh, I think they called it the holders lounge where it was basically a place to relax. They had free drinks. It was open bar. You got some free food. You got free t-shirts. Um, and it was like a themed out, uh, themed out bar, basically. And, and that was fun. There were a lot of doodle holders there. That was cool. More kind of close-knit networking. And so, yeah, I thought, that was, I thought that was fun. That was relaxing anyway, compared to the sort of what I would say, mm -hmm. maybe more stressful or annoying kind of Genesis factory thing. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think, you know, um, the good thing is, is, you know, Doodles were in the Discord during that time. They said they, you know, acknowledged the, the kind of uh, disconnect there or the, or the lack of, of planning perhaps. And they said, you know, they would adjust going forward. So, you know, um, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll give them our critiques, but hopefully they learn for it and, and adjust for it. And, you know, I'm excited for future, uh, events for sure still. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And curious though, what did you think about the announcements themselves and what, what were they? Maybe you can describe, cause I haven't been able yet to follow up on that. 
Yeah, yeah. So the big announcement on day one, so this was the what they considered launch day, basically. And so they had uh, Doodles 2 was the big announcement. So Doodles 2 is supposed to be a way to essentially expand the universe of Doodles and to basically um, allow the mainstream uh, less sophisticated, again, the folks that are not going to set up a MetaMask account right now and, you know, write down a bunch of words all over the place and bury it under the ground. Like these are the folks that want a credit card experience or just the easier experience to uh, participate in, in say the Doodles brand. And so uh, Doodles 2 is supposed to target that type of uh, demographic or audience. Their goal is to onboard millions of people into NFTs. And so that's going to be the way that uh, at least we know of right now uh, how they're going to do that. And so Doodles 2 was sort of followed up by what you and I waited in line for, which was the um, which was to mint the actual. Um, oh, man, now the name's escaping me. What was it called now? Genesis. The Genesis box. Yeah. yeah, the Genesis box. And so the Genesis box, as I understand it, again, none of this is for certain. And uh, pardon me if I speculate or, or just, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, lead with some of my thoughts. But um, the Genesis box is supposed to essentially be a box of traits. And so the traits are going to be used in the Doodles 2 ecosystem, let's say. And so basically, I think the way, or at least the way I'm in interpreting things, is that the Doodles 2 is going to really be a uh, kind of like a personalization doodle where you can change the outfit or change the mood or change effectively the traits that are on your doodle. And so the Genesis box contains some of the traits that the Doodles 2 will be able to use. And then the duplicator which is a uh, airdrop that all doodle holders received about a month or two ago are also going to be able to essentially create traits to seed this new doodles to economy. That's basically, uh, you know, kind of as much as we know, and there's still a lot of gaps in there. They did say that there's a rarity uh, level involved where essentially the duplicator traits are going to be like the rarest because they are going to be duplicating the OG Doodles collection. And then the Genesis box is essentially the next level of rarity, so to speak. Um, and, and those will have like a certain, I'm guessing a certain unique set of traits. And then it's obviously then speculated that there are going to be future traits that drop that maybe are not as rare. So that was really the big news, or I'd say the big, um, kind of nft ecosystem play did you um does that make sense to to you what do you think about all of that yeah no i, I kind of so then i i i did follow i thought there was more to it i guess <laughs> but with doodles it's always a bit mysterious yeah and something yeah. i don't like particularly especially when i compare it to proof and moonbirds where everything mm -hmm. is very business-like and defined yeah, they uh, they keep things close to their chest for sure. And um, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. I guess it's served them well so far, but they definitely mm -hmm. uh, drip out those details on a, a very last minute sort of basis. So so, yeah, I mean, Doodles 2 was probably the big story. Um, 
Well, I guess it depends what you think. And then there was also uh, fundraising that that they actually did get. Um, um, I think it was, I think his fund is 776 by uh, Alexis Ohanian. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is leading around. Also of, an investor in, in Proof. That's right. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, he seems to be really uh, gunning for this Web3 space. So um, yeah, he is leading around the Doodles uh, rhetoric anyway, or the way they're describing this is very strategic. And so they basically express the fact that they don't, they aren't necessarily in it for the money, but obviously they'll, they're happy to have it, but they are looking for partners that can, um, you know, really further the brand and can, uh, open up their networking and capabilities. So they are saying that there's going to be some interesting other, uh, investors basically in this round, they didn't disclose the amounts, or at least not that I'm aware of, and they didn't give any other names, but, um, they are now part of uh, the venture-backed NFT uh, collection. So that was, I think, exciting for a lot of people. Um, and Farrell. Yeah, Farrell uh, coming is, is, is pretty big. So they've got uh, a chief brand officer now, uh, which is uh, Farrell Williams. And so, you know, he clearly has, I mean, you can see the angle that they're going for here. I mean, he's, He's clearly going to be driving down this music entertainment initiative. And of course, their CEO um, is uh, uh, Julian. Uh, last name is escaping me. First name's Julian uh, from billboard.com. Okay. Yeah. Recently yep. announced as well. That's right. Yep. So you can see their eyes are sort of set on really going after this, uh, this entertainment sort of angle. And they did uh, uh, sort of officially announce, I suppose, that um, they were going to have a, a Doodles album uh, that's going to be dropped um, later this year. I think it's I think they said 2022 is when it's going to be coming out and uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, produced by uh, Farrell Williams and uh, uh, sort of producer or, or with Columbia Records as well. So, so that's pretty exciting. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they, how they tie in the music to the NFT side of things, which I think everyone's trying to figure out right now. Yeah. Um, and last, mm-hmm. I think they announced a game. Uh, so they did announce that uh, Space Doodles. So the, the, the Space Doodles yeah. sort of... Uh, uh, angle yeah experience right is is going to be uh, a game that is under development and i don't know if they promised it later this year or not but apparently it's it's in the works as well so some you know some clarity there on the roadmap but still lots of holes i think um well when i think when you when you consider all this it does seem to me to be one of the more bullish announcements to come out of nft nyc right I would think so. I mean, so I think it's, yeah, I, I don't know that there were a lot of other announcements. I mean, I'm sure there were, but yeah, there were definitely a lot of like catalyze. Yeah. There are a lot of catalysts here for doodles. I feel like, so that was kind of exciting. Um, I guess the question, and this, this goes in, this could probably be a whole other podcast episode, but I know a lot of folks now are starting to raise the question of, are we more bullish on like doodles, the company versus versus the actual nft floor price collection right like with vcs coming in so i think this is the yeah Yeah. so like this is the big debate 
it's hard to, you know, it's hard to parse through. And, and I mean, that's the beauty of NFTs here is we're just in uncharted territory. So we don't have, you know, uh, too much history to really guide our, our understanding of all this. Yeah, that's but, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I shared with you and some other guys today uh, a good thread on Twitter, which I'll include in the show notes about yeah. VCs involvement. Um, the thing is, it's happening across the board. No, there's Yuga Labs, there's Proof also, there's Doodles and even other smaller projects there. I know that they were even in New York connecting with investors trying to seek investment or actually investors seeking the project to try to invest in them. Yeah. And for sure it's uncharted territory. But when I consider that NFTs so far have all been about the attention game, it's definitely good to have these names dropped and associated with projects. So like even if we consider proof, let's face it, Kevin Rose was a major plus to get the brand off the ground, right? And that's also coming from the VC space. Yeah, I think, um, and really, yeah, I think uh, part of what you were saying in our, in, our, in our conversation earlier, in our chat earlier, and, and that thread that you uh, shared with us, the, the, the thing that the VC funding really does too is it it prevents the complete rug or it, you know i don't want to say it prevents it full stop but it gives a a level of uh, obligation and sort of fiduciary responsibility by the company by the founders um that sign their term sheet to take that money so like they 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 really can't go disappear and just leave this project um as easily uh, once they've got VCs on board. So it gives a, a level of credibility, which is exactly what you said. That's for sure. And one thing that has worried me in the space is that many founders are very young and yes. lacking business experience. So very creative, but lacking business experience, lacking certain ethics that you can kind of learn from experience as well. So having these older ex investors to help them out and hold them accountable is definitely a good thing. Yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of all I got on the doodles. I mean, ultimately, I, mm -hmm. I I left. I think net positive. One thing, one thing I'll mention also about the VC is this: in other projects, I've seen them buying the tokens themselves, and that had me a bit more worried because it felt to me like it's going to be just a speculative play, and mm. if they just buy three hundred tokens, pushing up the floor price, typically making resistance. But then at some point they lose faith, it all comes crashing down. Hmm. So that I'm not very bullish on, but it remains so, to be seen. Do you know, is is that, um, have you seen the, the VC, any of those VC projects going out and actually buying the NFT underlines? They're mostly funds rather than VCs. Yeah. So they're just interested in gaining exposure, I guess, or. Got it. Yeah. Then xing their, their holdings. Maybe. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I've seen this. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. And I mean, like, like take Ryan Carson's fund, for example, right? Mm. He already announced that he'll be investing heavily in Moonbirds and Proof. So yeah, it's a good time to buy maybe right now. Yep. Because yep. you know that someone big is coming in with a few million to invest. Yep. That's true. But long term, not sure. We'll see. Yep. Good point. Um, uh, about the doodles, I had some doubts about the license, which has always bothered me. I'm not sure mm. if they addressed that 
it was maybe hinted that they would address that the duplicators would kind of address this giving royalties to the holders but it seems like it wasn't really addressed no i don't uh i don't think it was addressed i think it's all the you know, all that general speculation is still there. I mean, you can see it if you look at the uh, duplicator contract code, like you can see there's a spot to like set royalties, mm -hmm. um, but no, no implementation plan at all. No, no way or know how at this point of how it scales and how the market's really going to work. So it's all mm -hmm. up for speculation, I think, at this point. Hmm. And then the other thing I'm not sure about is whether... It's better to have rare doodles, considering what we've said about the new announcements or not. I do hold one rare doodle, I guess, the, the rainbow head. And whether you need multiple duplicators <clears throat> or just one will suffice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good question. I, I don't know how to how to think about it. Um, I did I did scoop up a duplicator that is a rare one. Mm -hmm. Um, and funny, not, not funny enough and frustrating enough. I, I sort of ranted about this, uh, on Twitter before, but you know, I, and this is a whole nother tangent as well, but the whole open C marked for suspicious, um, mm -hmm. I got, I finally got bit by that, uh, where I bought a clean rare item on open mm -hmm. three hours later it's flagged as suspicious after I already own it. And mm. so that's frustrating. That's a total aside, but yes, uh, that's currently a problem I'm navigating. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's happened to me too. Yeah, yep. I guess uh, the unfortunate thing is that you can just dump it on someone else on Luxray, right? <laughs> Especially yeah. as the floor rises and it covers your initial investment. Yeah. Um, that's, the, yeah, that's a problem that's, for the next person. Yep, exactly. And you just keep passing the buck and, um, yeah, it's a, it's an unfortunate experience. It's a tough one. I don't, yeah, I don't know how to solve it myself either, but it's, yeah, it's tough, but mm. yep. Before we move on to proof, I'd like to make, uh, I'd like to mention the cool cats because as we know, cool cats price floor has tanked over the previous months mostly due to, I think, the, the game launch or failure to, to launch that properly. But the activation, I'm not sure if you went, the activation was amazing for me. It was like, blew me out of uh, what the expression, uh, blew my mind kind of. And it was exactly what I was expecting Cool Cats to deliver, uh, sorry, Doodles to deliver in New York, mm -hmm. but it was mm -hmm. delivered by Cool Cats, which to me was, I guess it was bullish. It means that the founders still care about the project. I didn't doubt that, but it was confirmation. And I still think there's a good run there for Cool Cats based on what mm. I've seen. Because it's all about like the creativity, the monetary investment, like the effort, you know? having the wish to keep pushing this project. At the end of the day, it comes through what you create. Yeah. I, everyone I talked to that went to that event was very pleased, delighted, and just, you know, thought that they exceeded expectations. I wanted to get there, uh, but I unfortunately did not. So I'm um, mm -hmm. glad you had a good time though, and thought the same. Yeah. And again, probably it was the only thing that you could take your kids to the only mm -hmm. event because it's one of the only kids friendly connections, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was, I bet, of a Disney-like experience. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it shows that the cool cats are still fighting, right? Like they're not just, you know, even though, like you said, that the floor has tanked a mm-hmm. bit, um, they're still out there swinging and trying to deliver good experiences. I think that's exactly what you want to see. So um, that's awesome. Cool. We like the cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hold cool cats? I don't actually. I've always Maybe been on the edge. <laughs> I know. I've always been on the edge and I've never pulled the trigger. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to sharpen my pencil. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to proof and moonbirds. Um we already spoke about like the people were really nice. Yep. The founders were hanging. I mean founders were are pretty well known, obviously. Kevin Rose, Justin Metzel. Mm-hmm. They were there at most events, even the smaller ones. And that was really nice, you know, something that I haven't seen with the other projects and just the professionality of each and every event was to me like, and I think it was, uh, yeah, it was the the thing I would single out the most, no, the professionality of the whole setup. There was one big minus in my opinion is the queues for the proof event Mm. and subsequently for the Moonbirds event. Mm-hmm. But again, like the nice thing that uh, that I that I like about Proof is that like I met Justin, I think two days later at the Ladybirds event and he straight up came and said like, hey, we fucked up on on that. We were very angry. We, we will address it like without having any excuse for it. And it's true that they could have anticipated and everything, but having the founders directly admit before you prompt them or hassle them about it. That to me is a good sign. Yeah, hundred percent. I, um, yeah, I was lucky. I was in sort of the front of the line ish on the proof of Moonbirds event. So I didn't have a long wait. Um, I got in there pretty, pretty quick, but you know, I know that line was long. I know the waitlist line was, was long. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely a learning experience. the proof one was worse because I mean, there's a much more limited number of holders of proof. It was raining <laughs> to make things worse. Mm, yeah. And it was stuck for, I took, it took me an hour and a half and the line wasn't very long. It oh, was wow. Just stuck. Wow. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. So tell me about the, the proof event. So I'm not a proof collective holder. So how was, mm-hmm. how was that event for you? Uh, besides the line, once you got through, no, I mean, inside, by the by the time I got in, uh, the Moonbirds event had, had started. People had already oh. moved over across the street. So it was oh. kind of wrapping up because I think it was like an hour and a half before the Moonbirds. So gotcha. Was like literally the other place was the place to be. Interesting. I yeah, it was that's... a nice place. I just enjoyed the conversations with some, some guys there and then eventually moved over. So I can't say gotcha. much about the event itself. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I could see why that's uh, that's a little bit of a letdown then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like about the Moonbirds is the sub-parliaments and these communities that are forming. That I, I think it's the first project where I've seen so much commitment to each sub-parliament, especially given that they are young. No? Most of them have started maybe two months ago or a month ago. And we already had very good events for each of these sub parliaments. That was very nice to see. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think we would have met or crossed paths uh, mm-hmm. if we didn't both attend, I think it was the, the nude birds mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, uh, event on that day one, which is basically, you know, a, a moon bird with no traits. And so you, uh, they had that event on the rooftop of, um, you know, overlooking the empire state building. I mean, it was great, great venue. And that's where we connected. And it was so great. Cause it was like, what, 15 of us, 20 of us, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah. And we got to actually talk and connect um, because you were clearly at Proof of Moonbirds, but I didn't see you at the big event because there were just so many yeah, people. Yeah, that's what happens. Like the intimate events are actually better, you know? And yes. what I liked is that you have one main event, but yes. then you have the follow-ups to continue meeting people. Yep. 100%. Yeah. I love that format. Um, right. Because the Proof of Moonbirds, I mean, it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, entertainment was great. Food, drinks, open bar. I mean, it was a party for sure. But um it was my voice. I couldn't even talk the next day because I was screaming at everybody, you know, to over the music to try and have conversations, uh, unlike where you and I uh, first yeah. got to connect. So I'm with you. Um, I did not follow any announcements because I was late <laughs> since I was stuck in proof. <laughs> so I, I missed the whole announcement thing. I'm not sure if they announced anything special there. Uh, no, not really. I mean, the only thing they, so they commented on how excited they are for oddities. Mm. So I guess they're probably, my guess is they're probably starting to see some of the artwork come back from, uh, Gremlin. And so, so that, so they teased that, that they were very excited. And then they basically just said the next 60 days are going to be nuts for, uh, proof moonbird holders and uh kevin did say he was excited really excited about the next nesting tier rewards Hmm. that was basically it so it got left as a bit of a a cliffhanger but um some excitement over what's to come so better than stickers (laughs) 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 the bar isn't too high (laughs) How, how can you top stickers? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's right. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, Kevin, Kevin, I love listening to Kevin on the town, on the mm-hmm. weekly town halls, because he's yeah. like a, he's like a kid in a candy store. He just keeps wanting to like share and do more. And mm-hmm. like, Justin's always like, eh, maybe we shouldn't keep saying things. And Kevin keeps leaking. And I was hoping Kevin was going to like, give us a bunch of good stuff at the event, but he kept it pretty close to his chest, which, you know, again, I respect said he was excited and, and, you know, got on with the party type of thing. So, yeah, probably seeing the, the actual people in front of him, you know, you, you feel more aware that, that you're leaking stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So what, what are your, what are your thoughts on oddities generally speaking? Yeah. So I've, I've sold them all almost. I, I just sold two or three. Um, the thing is when I don't know what something will be, the market is already like totally all over the place and hard to predict. So I kind of adopted this strategy of selling everything, like even with the duplicators and so far it's working. Um, and then if it's something that I really need, I'll buy it later. Actually, that's how I got into proof, right? I bought at 24 and my second pass at 35. So I wasn't there on, I was there on the mint, but failed to buy on that day. So I kind of prefer buying when something is a bit more established, but I'm pretty uh, early anyway. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's an easier 
and especially because I had several auditors, right? Because I had had several moonbirds. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you 100. I think um, I think having the extra information is is worth it to me. Sometimes you have to pay up a little bit more, but at least you have the peace of mind. You know what you're actually buying. You know, like you say, if you need a duplicator, you'll go out and buy one. Like it's mm-hmm. not not like you have to speculate too much. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on the oddities. I, I hold one. That's it. And and just kind of wait and see what happens with them. Mm. Yeah, because ultimately we're we're supposed to be buying stuff that we actually need. No, we're not just speculating. That's right. Else it would be a real pyramid scheme. Yeah. Right. So again, like with proof, for example, it's the one thing I own that I would spend that money like one time with no expectation of return, just to be in the community, meet people like yourself, having this access to people, right? That's the one thing that I can see that I've already taken all the benefits, you know, even if I just stay in that community, never sell my pass. That's all I need. Yeah, I, I can see every time I talk to talk to you, I'm going to you're just going to make me want a, a proof pass even more. <laughs> you're just making it so clear. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think you're I think For you're sure. spot on. Yep, I think you're spot on. I was on. mentioning uh, like one one thing that I would really uh, like to see with NFTs and particularly with proof and even Moonbirds is the ability to loan uh, passes. Yes. So, for example, in your case, you don't own the proof pass, but you don't really know what's happening inside, right? Because you're not seeing it. I bet that if I gave you a week or a month loan of my pass, you would go out and buy it. That would create more demand. It would also give revenue uh, to people with multiple passes. So there's an incentive to have more than one, which right now not really a big incentive. And we could onboard people or just help um, spread the experience of being improved for Moonbirds to people who cannot afford it right now. Yep, I love that. And I think you mentioned it, uh, you mentioned it briefly, I think when we spoke, but Meta Angels does this, Mm -hmm. which uh, I know you pointed out, and I actually do hold some Meta Angels. Um, So yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think the loaning feature gets people to gets you exposure to your community new new folks and so i think this would be a smart play especially for like a membership like proof uh, makes a lot of sense interestingly for example ryan carson is currently launching his fund and he's being forced to sell all his holdings so i was on a twitter space with him earlier today where i suggested that this could be a solution to him to stay in proof and moonbirds just by loaning and not technically owning that nft i'm sure he'll find a way obviously to be improved anyway but yeah it's a yeah, good, yeah a good solution for people like that so in his case he's personally has to sell his personal mm-hmm. assets All but NFTs, his yeah. but his funds can then go and purchase right is that exactly yeah, yeah. but yeah. then even then it would be a bit of a funny situation where the fund administrator could be using assets of the fund for his own benefits, right? That's right. Yep. 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 Well, I guess that means you have to go bid on his uh, Ruby skeleton that he's got up for auction uh, right now. Or is it a Ruby? No, it's uh, uh, no, not it's a Ruby. Cosmic. It's cosmic. a Cosmic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a the big Ruby one. sold to Cosmo earlier this week. Got it. Yep. Yeah, the Cosmic one is tempting. I'm not sure how far it will go in terms of price. Yeah. But I think anything below 100 is a bargain. 
I think so too. Yeah. I'm sure it'll get up there or pretty, pretty darn close. Yeah. All right. What else? Um, anything else that you, uh, I any mean, other meetups that you went to? Uh, no, no big events. I, I, you know, I mean, just some small networking, uh, in between, um, like in between the doodles things and like mm -hmm. the doodles lounge meeting a couple of other folks. Um, but other than that, I did, I quite honestly didn't make it to a whole lot of other, um, venues. I did poke around like the conference a little bit. I stayed at the hotel that the conference was at. Okay. So, um, I, you know, I walked around the floors and everything. It was kind of a madhouse. I didn't attend any of the presentations, but you know, got to see oh, everything that was going on. I think you you could pretty much just walk around and walk through. Yeah, nobody was even really nobody bugged me anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was interesting, but no, that was pretty much it. I mean, proof and 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 doodles. Those were the two big, you know, kind of uh, collections and and parties I was going to. Um, I guess Any it's a good point for people who are wondering about the conference that you didn't really need the ticket to the conference itself. In fact, most of the feedback I've heard was that it was kind of so and so a thousand five hundred speakers, too many speakers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's um... I sold my ticket before before like at, at the end at the beginning of the week because it was apparent that i would have no space to even attend the conference based on the meetups yeah that makes sense so did you was this your first nft conference though like big one first big one i had attended one in lisbon a couple of months okay. ago got it but it was small and and again it had zero well it, there was the proof event and actually that was one of the highlights of my year you know and yeah. the funny thing, so I hate group events usually where you sit around the table and it's a meal and this was the proof format, you know, so I'm like, I'm not even going to this one because whenever I did that, I got really bored and I could not move around. It's like, and yeah. then in the end, I'm like, okay, it's proof. I paid a lot of money. I'm going to try it out. Right. Yep. And for the first time in my life, probably I thoroughly enjoyed the whole evening. <laughs> I was amazed by the 10 people I met. Every single one of them had a chance mm -hmm. to, sit with, to, to chat with them. Really nice people. And that was like the first big indicator that this is my crowd. Yeah. I love it. That was, I love that it. was good for me. Yeah. I mean, I go to a lot of, uh, traditional finance conferences and it's just so laughably different. Like the energy mm -hmm. in the on this nft nyc event versus anything in traditional markets like it's just night and day difference and and yeah there's an energy there's a thirst there's there's just lots of questions being asked at, at, at nft nyc in a good way like people are figuring out how do we how do we value these things how do we participate like what's the projects we should be looking at like figuring out all this new sort of paradigm i think is is what's so cool it's refreshing um mm. And that's, that's honestly what I really enjoyed about it. It definitely did not feel stale at all. So that was mm. really cool. Yeah. To me, it reminds me of when I entered WordPress in the early days, mm. that kind of excitement, which mm -hmm. over the years has kind of died down or become much more measured and contained. Yeah. And so if I had to say what it looks like for me, with these conferences related to NFTs, 
I come from Malta, which is where lots of gaming companies are based, like poker, that kind of gaming. And those have always been all about the fun and the hype and champagne and overflowing open bar, that kind of stuff, which I don't really identify with that much. Yeah. And then you have the WordPress side, which is all about meeting people, big conne good connections, having a nice time. And the NFT has, it sits right in the middle where you've got the connections, mm. but you've also got amazing parties that I do actually enjoy partying in a nice environment. So yeah. it was really bullseye for me. Yeah, 100%. I had a you know pleasant experience. I, I would totally go back next year. Um, and yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a good time mm -hmm. overall. There's a London event coming up in November, Ooh. which I'm curious about. I mean, I'd love an excuse to go international. So right. I, I will, I, I am all ears to all of these events, frankly, I think, um, I think there's another Miami one later this year too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. This um, is NFT NYC in London. So it's the same, uh, oh, yes. same conference, not sure I the did. Miami one. Yeah, I heard about that actually. Yeah, I saw that. So that'll What's be the interesting. Miami one? Um, honestly, I don't know. I, I I don't know if it. So last year, I know we had the you know the art art Basel down there, mm -hmm. and I don't I don't know if it's if it's no. I think that changes locations every year, so I'm not sure that that's it. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I saw I saw some Discord chatter about Miami, so I'll have to I'll have to do some searching after this, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. So with regards to London, I don't think we'll have many of those side events. So that might be maybe a conference for more beginners. I think yeah. New York has, I mean, New York itself has that incredible vibe of a melting pot more than even more than London, right? Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, London is a melting pot for sure, but New York is wild. And uh, that's something that's really matches with the nft uh community right now i i guess yeah sounds like you'll need to uh head head up and lead some parliaments with some of your moonbirds over there and, and maybe get those it. get those smaller can, groups yeah yeah for sure yeah uh, one other thing that i'd like to mention is that i did have the chance to attend token art which was a kind of unconference on the second day of nft nyc and this was all about generative art. And that was really amazing. I got the chance to meet uh, some of the top generative artists. Amazingly, they, some of them sat down with me one-to-one -one for up to an hour discussing their art. And like they were really wow. passionate about connecting with people. And this gives me the idea that we're still early with art. And I'm very bullish about it, actually. Um, some of the artists I've been following, like uh, Emily Chi, which who launched uh, Memories of Keelin. Also, I found about the true proof, but uh, I didn't buy it because I was like, I'm too new. I don't understand this stuff, but it's been doing very well, price-wise mm -hmm. at least, and it's beautiful art. Mm. Um, yeah, met uh, Eric Snowfro. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm playing with Squigga stickers. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm going to be investing much more time, uh, much more of my time in, in art going forward, for sure. Because I'm really happy with where I am at with the 
BFB and membership stuff right now. Yeah, it's funny. That's, that's exactly my train of thought too, is I have absolutely a goose egg. I have zero exposure to generative art right now. Mm -hmm. And I've just been, I don't know, I've sort of been a little paralyzed as to where to start or just how to navigate through all these different artists and collections. And so that's, that's on my front and center over the next month or so to really dive into some of these projects. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure I'll be reaching out to you, picking your brain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much starting my journey, right? So for example, yeah. Tezos, that's something yeah. that I really need. Just literally set up my wallet, start collecting. That's where I was with NFTs last year. Mm -hmm. um, lots of good art happening there. And I think given the prices are still pretty low, pretty much on the low end, more than the ability maybe to make a lot of money. It's all about getting your mind trained to appreciate the art and, and get a feel for what collectors are looking for in that space. Because art blocks can be very expensive, right? If you're not there at mint and you don't know what you're doing, even at mint, you can buy at an expensive price in the Dutch auction. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, I, that's some of my hesitation there. And, and I think you're right on the Tezos side. There is lots of, of just really quality work and artists coming out of there more and more every day. And mm -hmm. it's significantly, there is a quite a big discount um, on a relative basis to Ethereum. So I think you're, I think you're spot on. Hmm. And sometimes there are actually artists that have been on art blocks, but then publish stuff on Tezos and there it's very obvious like there's a huge price discrepancy between the two yes sometimes the Tezos is as, as a like a subsequent project that maybe builds on top of their previous success with art blocks so you can say it's a more advanced piece of work or better piece of work but it's priced much lower yep yep yeah the only thing I've really collected on Tezos um is is ziggurats out of mike shinoda uh mm -hmm. of lincoln park and, and and funny enough i did run into him at the doodles event i did snap oh, a picture wow. with him so mm -hmm. i was i was fortunate for that um cool. and yeah he's a real cool person um in person so yeah his 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 music stuff is pretty cool on that uh, on tezos he also had a grails one of the grails for proof oh yeah did not know he was an artist on that. Yeah. Okay. It's a pretty good one, actually. Hmm. How many were there altogether? 15? 21, I think. 21. 21. 20, 21. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So interestingly, those didn't perform really well. That was my bet that would happen because they're very good pieces of art. I mean, there's Tyler Hobbs, there's Gary Vee even, and a bunch of big selling artists. But the floor has gone down pretty significantly from launch. Hmm. So again, like coming back to the Tezos thing, it's where and what we discussed earlier about it's all about the attention that you can gather around the project. Yes. I mean, the, the artists are there. That's really their art, but it's hidden within the Grails project that I mean, you hadn't heard of Mike Shinob Shinobi. Yeah, Shinoda. Yeah, Shinoda. Shinoda's work, for example yeah even though you're a fan so that's true yeah that's a good point so that's with grails with grails 2 i think on the horizon for proof is it mm -hmm. going to be a similar do you know any details like is it going to be a similar format drop etc 
Um, what's what's new this time is that they will first drop a pass, a mint pass, that you can sell before. Yeah, so that's that's Got interesting. It. Yeah, because that is basically what I did. For example, there was one which was quite. Uh, it was obvious that it was either Gary V or Dmitry Chernyak, both of which are I thought would fetch a high price. So I bought that one just to play it safe and sell it immediately for mm. a good profit over the zero mint price, right? But there were other pieces of art that I liked more. And this was just a financial transaction because I'm like, first grades drop. Yeah. Pretty sure the floor price will drop. I have no mm -hmm. idea what I'm looking at. Let's <laughs> just do the financial thing. Mm. Because, for example, That's... I've met people who recognize that one of them was by Tyler Hobbs, for example. If I had the trained eye to recognize that, I would have bought and held. And that would have been okay, because that particular one has more than held uh, the price. Hmm. Or, or the autoglyphs, uh, protoglyphs, sorry, which was the kind of precursor to the autoglyphs. Hmm. Obviously, a historical piece to have. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think... Being able to sell the proof pass ahead of time is definitely going to change. I mean, the uh, the Grails two mm -hmm. pass, mint pass will be a different dynamic for sure. Does the public the public can't see the they don't release the collection to the public, do they? Like the the actual pieces where you can start to detect who's who and type of thing. Yeah, I think they they I believe they were public on their website. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. But there was Boy. a lot of discussion happening within the proof discord on who the artists were. That's what I heard. I heard there was a <laughs> mad treasure hunt in there of uh, people and working together to figure out who's who, which is smart. Mm -hmm. But now everybody's going to be competing for everybody. So it'll be interesting with a mint pass of like, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, but that's it, the nice thing that you can get, even though you hold zero, maybe proof passes, you can if you participate in them or can understand which is which. Yeah, I think, I think that is pretty idea. cool. Yeah, that's a clever idea for the just even publicity too. I mean, especially if it is an open like treasure hunt where, you know, proof is sharing all these artists that are going to be dropping, like that'll get some good eyeballs and get some interest too. So that is a good idea. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap it up uh, on that point. Yeah. Are we bullish? What last, last one? <laughs> yeah, we are bullish. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> The question was meant to be, are we more bullish coming out of NFT NYC than before? You go first. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would say I, I am. Um, I would say I probably came out more bullish on proof Moonbirds ecosystem. And I'm leaving the conference saying, do I have enough exposure um, to 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 that ecosystem doodles i i am leaving more bullish but not as i, I would just give the edge to to proof in moonbird uh proof in moonbirds because yeah i think doodles there's just some more there's some more open questions i guess um in my head over the longevity i i think they're sticking around i'm very bullish on them so that's not that's not a change but I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not asking myself, do I need more doodles? I guess that's at least the internal mm -hmm. dialogue I have. Nice. I think I'm fine. Um, so, so yeah, that's, 
that's kind of where I'm at. I love the execution of, of, of both projects though, overall. And, um, yeah, I'm still going to be a holder of both. So yeah, uh, I did not come away with any real new projects that I'm eyeing necessarily. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah. What about yourself? Yes. So I came to NFT NYC kind of having spent a lot of money on travel and lodging because I'm coming from Europe. And I mean, a few days after the total slump and maybe floor prices and more importantly, crypto prices, it was starting to feel a bit like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, so it was good to go there and have an amazing time and say, yeah, it was worth coming here for sure. So that in itself made me more bullish than I was. And I think I needed to be there like that week was given my exposure to NFTs, I kind of needed to be there to make sure it's not all in my head, <laughs> especially like being the first time. Right. Um, and, and with regards to projects, yeah, for sure. Proof and Moonbirds, I can never get enough of those. I'll be looking to pick up more and do this the same thing. I'm watching. It's getting a bit too complicated for me, mm. but I'll try to make an effort. Very impressed with Cool Cats. Confirms mm -hmm. that it's all about the attention. Once you lose attention, floor price drops, even though you're doing a lot of good stuff. Mm. We did not mention cyber brokers, which I'm very bullish on. Mm. Also heavily invested in. Again, like amazing project. Attention wise, they haven't really garnered enough attention. And you could see that in the event. Mm -hmm. Lots of attention to detail, but few people in comparison. And, and yeah, no new projects for me, um, but very bullish on the ones I'm invested in. So I'll be narrowing it down actually from, from the ones that I have. Uh, I did not unfortunately go to the creatures, uh, event, mm -hmm. hold a few of those, the tree landers, mm -hmm. I also hold quite a few heard they got, they had a good event and, uh, so yeah, cannot do everything. It's was incredibly intense. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I love networking and stuff because I didn't stop for a sec. Yeah, you were God. I, if I mean, travel, travel. Yeah, you're the person to travel with because yeah, you were out there. I mean, I feel like I was I did nothing compared to you. So you you were busy B. And I think yeah, you, you know, you said so you did remind me though, of the sentiment going into this, though, because mm -hmm. yeah, floor prices pretty much across the board and Ethereum prices just the same. I mean, they had collapsed basically the month before. So I remember, yeah, making jokes with like some okay. of my friends of like, funeral. Yeah, yeah, right. New Yorkers are going to be looking. No, yep. NFT people are going to be looking to rob New Yorkers rather yeah. than the other way around. <laughs> These kinds of jokes, right? Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, I thought I'd just be partying in an empty room with like three other skeletons, like, you know, and, and it was not that at all. So like, and I, and I literally have almost forgotten about the whole slide and I just came away mm -hmm. sort of re-energized. Re so mm -hmm. yeah, I think that was a great point. Um, that is, that is how I'm feeling too, coming away from it. Awesome. So to wrap it up, uh, shout out to anyone who was there at NFT NYC and is listening to us. I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me podcast at mastermind.fm reach out to me at mastermind.fm on Twitter. 
And Evan, where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter. It's my full name. So Evan Madero, all together, or um, my core kind of business company that I spend a lot of my time is on the traditional finance side. And so if you're interested in stocks, stock market, all of that, then you can find my company at thetraderisk.com or across social media at The Trade Risk. Awesome, Evan. Thanks for being on the show and lovely meeting you in New York. Yeah, glad we could do this. Thanks so much again for the invite. This was fun.